Hello and welcome to the WIF podcast. This is Vanessa Gilday, Vice Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland. This online talk has been made possible thanks to the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. This week we're bringing you a WIF Actors podcast. Recently, WIF member, filmmaker and performer Mo O'Connell spoke to actor Rashenda Sandal about the craft of acting and her impressive career to date. The conversation began after Mo introduced Rashenda's impressive showreel. That is the most impressive showreel I think I've <laughs> ever seen. I remember oh, I saw that few nights ago and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is crazy. This is so like powerful, do you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, like, you know, when you're an up and coming actor, you, you kind of, you, you want like, you know, seeing with like, maybe, you know, like a, a, a famous person when well, you're, you know, you're doing a big part or something, you're like, you know, maybe that looks kind of yeah. huge scenes, all these huge actors and you're like playing above them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. The park. It's brilliant, Shen. Like, thank you amazing. so much, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, so I suppose I, I know you, um, but everyone yeah. here wants, wants to get to know you. So, um, so just tell us about yourself, like, you know, where you're from and, uh, what got you into acting and all that type of thing? Of course, of course. So I'm um, Rashanda Sandal, born of uh, Grimsby Town. Yeah, I'm 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 from from the north, obviously. And um, there weren't really a lot of drama or poetry plays or anything like that where I was from. But my stepfather was a, um, a musical director on um, the musical theatre kind of am drum scene. Um, wow. So he kind of. Yeah, yeah, he, he's really that. into music, so he does all that. He does all that for free, well, for a small fee, I think, for his time. But yeah, so he he kind of got me into it really because we didn't even have a GCSE uh, drama course or anything like that. That that got introduced very late on, so I kind of managed to scrape together a drama GCSE in about three weeks because this lady kind of <laughs> kind of made it so that I she applied for my drama teacher at. Um, at my high school made it so that I could apply for my GCSE in, in drama because she thought that it was something that I might want to go into. But no, I, I literally just got pushed into a couple of auditions and thought, this this feels like fun. I was always a little bit of a wanderer. I never really knew what I wanted to do. And at that point in time, when I left school, I did think um, I was maybe going to be a teacher. <laughs> but I wasn't very passionate about it, as you can yeah. tell. <laughs> So then I um, I, I um, kind of tried to audition for a, a few um, drama schools and things like that, but I did it solely through UCAS, which I'm sure they don't do now because that's over kind of 18 years ago now. Yeah, so I applied for lots of different schools and my, my dad, my stepdad took me to each one and unfortunately didn't get in anywhere apart from East 15 Foundation course. And so that's where London began for me, really. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> But I think I think that's the way of like many like great actors is that they initially they have to try really hard like they get kind of it's kind of like the making of you in a way you know it's that kind yeah. of thing where you, you really 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 try and it's you know you get loads of rejections initially but it's kind of like a test yeah you know yeah yeah and, very much and it really shines through in the end then I think you know that kind of yeah. grit I think the grit is everything. Yeah, oh, thank you. I think the graft, the graft is absolutely everything, you know. Well, it was for me anyway. I don't know if I've been gifted a magic key to um, a door of, you know, 
great great um experiences and a huge job straight away i don't know if i would have been able to master my craft as as well as i've been able to i've been given so many lovely opportunities at different levels that um yeah i've been really been able to kind of learn rather than just have so much pressure straight away by doing the main part straight i see i see the pressure kind of affecting people in different ways and i've just been lucky i got to sneak through the door first yeah. <laughs> poke my little head in <laughs> But that's what that's what I love about you because I remember you and Rada and I just I just like you were always so brilliant by the way but I, I could see how you just very quietly and very humbly just kind of kept applying yourself to each kind of exercise and you're always so smiley and lovely to everyone it's so <laughs> nice to work with and then you just went like throughout the three years you just went you know you know <laughs> well it didn't feel like all the time <laughs> Okay, huh? It didn't feel like that at the time. I know it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah, it never it feels, feels like that, does it, mate? I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone always feels so anxious and and. Oh know. my gosh! I know. Yeah, totally, totally. It's it's yeah. a it's a three years of nerves. That's it. I know. Because you guys are all so brilliant, so you're always worrying about like. Yeah, I, I have to come up to that level, you know. I'm like, oh my god! I don't even know the lines. <laughs> so terrifying anyway sorry yeah so that's so that's good and so then what what year were you in in east 15 when you got accepted to rada so what i actually did was i, I did the foundation course which, which was amazing it's 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 a year's course it's government funded i would recommend it to anybody um that's that's thinking of going into it whilst being young i mean i was kind of i just turned 18 when i did the foundation course so uh, it was amazing it was a real slow introduction slow start they kind of let you have the university experience as well as um uh learning how to act and there wasn't so much pressure on obviously getting an agent at the end of it but then i at the end of these 15 tried to get into um the drama schools um again because they did audition technique and such during the course and i didn't get in anywhere at all not even these 15 where they do a three-year ba course um, so I just went out and worked for a year, which okay. was awful. But also, I now look at it, look at it very fondly now. Um, and yeah. then I tried again, and I only got East Fifteen, the three-year uh, BA course, uh, East Fifteen. So I didn't want to be another year out of education. So I I took a punt and started doing a three-year BA degree, <laughs> East Fifteen. And then I saw the kind of results coming now in terms of like the business side of things in terms of agents and 75% of um at that time I'm not sure now but at that time 75% of actors who were coming out of that place were not being signed so I was like that's my own because I was from where I'm from I don't know anybody in the industry at all I don't even know any writers I've never even seen a play <laughs> I've only ever seen yeah. musicals so I was like that's my gateway um yeah. have an agent is 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 the business side of it and you absolutely have to do that so I thought I would um, just give myself one more chance <laughs> to try to try and get into one of the top four. And look, my look was there that year. So then, yeah, and then I got then I got Raja, and I was at school with you. Yay! <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I guess, but that, that's awesome. Like you know, because mm. uh, you like you it's it's mad the way you didn't. So beforehand get in like because it's so weird isn't it the audition process to get into drama schools is so weird it's it's, it's the weirdest thing i think that was maybe too young too too inexperienced all the things that they were saying to me at the time that i didn't understand you know about your youth about 
uh, the world around you and things like that. But I do kind of get it now. I, mm. I kind of think you probably, I think I probably would have kind of like pissed it up the wall a little bit if I'd have um, yeah. gone when I was 18. You can sure. see the struggle of, um, I was glad that was 21 when I was, um, which is young, but I just had that, I, I'd been given enough of a kick up the butt to um, take it seriously. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. Because <laughs> you're still young at the end of the day, yeah? You still want to mess around, you know, have nights out and stuff like that. But I knew that this was, like, the last chance, so I had to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank God you did. So how did you find, like, training overall and everything? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like it. <laughs> I liked it 50-50. Like it's a love-hate relationship is um is training really because it's it's filled with frustration and, and um kind of like, when they're talking about like they, they crush you. <laughs> like, do they do they do mean that? <laughs> you know, they kind of they break you down till you you're absolutely bare self. But I'm quite a kind of feisty character anyway, so I, I find all of that quite obtrusive and um yeah so i found all that like oh having to tell personal stories and stuff like that that kind of um it doesn't do it for me but yeah so it's you 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 kind of being pulled in all different sorts of directions but you know at the end of the day i've got a lot to thank for it as well you know i wouldn't have met the people that i met i wouldn't have um had my mind expanded in the in the way that i did and i think the most important thing with training is to re always remember that you don't have to take everything on board even today you know I still look at some things and think oh that was ridiculous or that was really um helpful <laughs> you know and maybe only a handful of things that are really helpful but you know what you learn on the game so it's um yeah yeah it's, it's part and parcel of what you have to do I, I think but also people that don't train are just as brilliant so yeah it's yeah, like that was just my path you know I I, I had to do that because I had no link at all to the actual real business yeah <laughs> yeah yeah same but i i found like uh what you said there like uh mind expanding i found it really mind expanding and also there was things i didn't get at the time but i got maybe a year yeah. or two later i was like oh such a and it, it's it's so <laughs> annoying that isn't it because it's like your mom and dad kind of saying to you you know your school years are the best years of your life and at the time you kind of go no way you know yeah. I people <laughs> yeah. saying that to me all the time you know like, Oh, you know, in two or three years' time, you will understand this completely. When was that rather? And I was like, Oh no! Everyone always yeah. says that. Oh, it's so when you're creating characters now, yeah, is there anything like where you go, Oh, I got that from Rada. That's that John Biscuita, you know, exercise. <laughs> I'm pulling that in here. Or uh, John Biscuita well, yeah. was your acting teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, John Biscuita was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. I mean, he taught us um, one thing that I always, always, always do at the beginning of everything. Everything every character seems to be a little bit different but um, one thing that I always do is I go through the script and I do my questions you know the questions yeah. uh, you know what does everyone say about um, your character what does your character say about everyone else what do you say about yourself and I do find that that's a kind of like uh, in between the lines reading of, uh, of scripts and once you've done that you feel like you've kind of done the coursework yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, you know because you feel kind of t terrible not doing any writing at all yeah, and just yeah. kind of doing all that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would think once I've done that, I've done my writing bit, I don't need to feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, it but funny. it is. Sometimes it is like that thing of like you have to do something to feel like yeah. you can do the performance. It's like a, 
you release yourself to give a good performance as yeah well. yeah and sometimes what other people say about you or what you say about yourself and you don't even realize that you're saying it until you scrupulously go through with those questions um then it's so revealing um for a character and it can just land um thought processes in your head because i i really believe in life imitating art so i think that as characters progress in your head and things in life start to make sense to the characters, which is why I find it hard to put them down and stuff um, when I come home at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think it's all about thought and yeah, life coming in. But those questions I would recommend to anybody, to anybody. Yeah, they really yeah. work. They really, yeah, really no, work. Absolutely. They make you very disciplined as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's the Bible, um, the, sorry, the text is the Bible um, of your work and all of that. So I think to not kind of go through it. And John always taught us to like read it as he said, read it as many times as as many scenes that you're in, which I think is just a little bit too much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, but I read it about maybe 10, 10 times really, really closely. But it's just yeah, kind of getting it in your bones, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> It is, isn't it? It's kind yeah. of saying it over and over again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so let's see now. Um, so when you graduated, how, how did you find auditioning? And um, like, did you get parts right away, or did you grab? No, no, not 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 at all. It was very in and out for me. I mean, I got um, I got a national theatre job straight away with Fiona Shaw, but I only had about two scenes in that. Amazing. That was a, yeah, that was a huge skill production so you felt like really kind of um oh well, I was I only went in kind of once or twice a week because obviously it was all about um Fiona Shaw's character um but yeah and then I went over to Adelaide for the um theatre festival for three months and with, with Bryony Lavery who's, who's an amazing writer she's she's incredible um but then I came back and I was kind of out of work for a very long time I think maybe pushing a year you know um I just couldn't hit the jobs I just couldn't I just couldn't score them I wasn't on a run but I was I'm very 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 lucky in terms of the agent that I signed with after RADA and they're so patient and they don't they don't you can sit with them for a year and they don't kind of chuck you off the books which I, I hear happens to other people but uh yes yeah, I've, I've not been unlucky like that I've um I've got a great team around me so that are committed to kind of helping you do well um but yeah, no, it was very, it was very, very up and down for me at the beginning. Definitely, definitely. And what, um, what type of jobs did you do? Like, or, you know, how, how did you even kind of like look after? Because one of the main things about being an actor is looking after your mental health, especially when you don't get any auditions. Yeah, yeah. And you really want to partner, you don't get it. You get rejection. Yeah, like. so how yeah, do you, I know. How did you deal with that in that period? Like, you know. Well, it was very hard. They call, they call it the, well, in my house, we call it the Sainsbury's dip, where you kind of think, would I just be better off working in Sainsbury's? What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> but it's, you know, it's called Sainsbury's dip. I mean, I'm, it could be any shop. I'm not, I'm not, you know, favouritising. Tesco's dip. Sainsbury's. It could be a Tesco dip. It could be an Aldi dip, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, you do. You kind of think, oh my God. And then, I, I was like, like to compare it in those times to kind of like a bit of a, without being rude to people who have got addictions, but it is a bit of an addiction. It's, um, yeah, it's in your blood. It's something that you need to do, create it, be creative, not necessarily just acting, but to just be creative sometimes is impossible. Um, 
and so yeah i i i, th- I think it's really i think it's really difficult <laughs> that same wisdom um yeah i think you've just got to push through though and i think if you can't get out of your sainsbury's day i think that you maybe need to ask yourself <laughs> should i do it you know because yeah, yeah, i think i've always kind of thought what once i realized that like acting was um uh, not the only thing in my life that's when that's when i started getting um hits that's when i started getting jobs because oh, yeah yeah I've, I've talked about this the other day and um i was saying uh, when i stopped kind of trying to be the actor that i thought everybody wanted me to be like you know when you go in and people say you know what have you been up to and you tell fibs like well i've been writing a short film actually and yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 you kind of tell a few fibs but and then when when i started going in and saying you know i've just walked the dog um i went shopping today uh you know and i started just being more myself then yeah. I, I just felt like people started to like me a bit more which is i, I don't know i don't i don't know if that's good advice or not but no, yeah, no, just, definitely. yeah 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 it is. It is really hard because I, th- I think as an actor, you think you have to be something. You know, you have yeah. to be special or something. Or and you 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 get ideas into your head of what you want to be. You know, and you can try to follow that. Yeah. And you can easily easily bullshit yourself, and you know, other people would accidentally kind of you know. But totally. Then, totally. But 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 it's interesting what what you're saying is that honesty and that that's kind of surrender to just well this yeah. is this is who I am. Because you and are who the you, jobs are coming in. Yeah, you, you you are who you are, and there's no amount of pretending. I think I think there's like a, the great mystery of drama school, I guess, is that you pretend to be people who you are so far from a lot of the time that I think that you get into your head that people want you to pretend to be something that you're not. Um, and there's a lot of kind of um, you know. Um, self-doubt at the beginning so I can see why people grip onto that but people generally do like who, who you who you are and if they don't don't be friends with them yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's brilliant advice yeah and don't let me work with them because they're totally rubbish yeah, <laughs> if they're exactly. making you feel horrible about yourself I mean think about that as a concept somebody coming in and trying to make you feel horrible but I, I think a lot of the insecurity does come from oneself I don't think that yeah. it is at the end of the day that room that you go into they they just want you to do the best job that you can do mm. but it's getting over your own brain isn't it it's your own demons thing. isn't it you have to get over yeah. yeah yeah the little the little man on the shoulder or the little woman on the shoulder that's it <laughs> telling <laughs> that you that you can't do it you've just got to flick yeah. them off <laughs> yeah, exactly you've got to be something else than yourself that's it yeah exactly exactly um, but it, yeah, it is. It, it it is interesting. Kind of, it's ironic that in order to be a great actor, you have to really stay true to yourself. People think, oh, you have to act you have to be something. No, 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 no. Just be, just be you. But uh, yeah. yes, it's because rel- relatively speaking, a lot of parts these days they don't even really ask you to do accent or anything. So um, a lot of well, some do, but a lot of people now because because the camera and digital, the way that it's it's moved forward, they're so close to, to you and who you are. I think people like you to align your characters uh, to, to very similar versions of yourself almost. You see a, a lot of yeah. that going on at the moment. And so I think if you don't know yourself then. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think directors like to kind of cast the person, like they like to cast. 
Yeah. Um, so, so your energy is closest to this character. So yeah. Well, There's a lot of social realism at the moment, isn't there? You know, so it's um, you can't have people doing great big accents and stuff like that because you just mm. when you're so close with a camera, you just see it. You see all the kind of braids in it. But yeah, 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 exactly. Um, okay, so uh, so that's brilliant advice. That that was actually my next question. So I'll just move on to that. Oh yeah, so so how so just just in relation to kind of because I'm yeah. building up to small acts uh, by <laughs> before we get there. Uh, yeah. which is amazing um so how, so how, how important do you think like you know the whole me too and black lives matter you know has been to the industry and to, and to you in, in particular oh i think i think the the whole um oh she is such a relevant question i've just been watching um apple tv's morning show which is a fantastic um kind of portrayal of the me too, the me too movement and how it kind of affects women and um you know that are embroiled in the kind of boys club um, scenario in the ones that are let in, the ones that are pushed to the outside, and I think, I think the Me Too movement is um, is brilliant. I think that um, you know it's a move forward and a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that over the last kind of couple of years, since it's kind of first been announced, uh, I think that the direction that of um, kind of women in film and television, <laughs> drop name drop there, uh, is a uh, yeah, it's it's definitely getting better i don't think it's all the way there yet but i think that we're definitely making um you know incisions and inserting ourselves in the right places i think that um yeah there's there's a definite movement i mean i've worked with a couple of female dops now which really? which yeah which would have never kind of um happened before um but you can see the movement of it all kind of happening this is with the same with um, the blm movement you know Mm-hmm. It's um, somebody sat me down the other day and said, in terms of that, in terms of the work that we do with the BLM movement, I feel like uh, you need to turn the camera around and have a look at the crew as well, um, which is much the same with um, uh, the Me Too movement as well. You need to make sure that it's a quality um, on all senses. I think everyone just really wants to work with everyone now. I don't think that there's some yeah. evil man or woman sat in a room kind of saying we're not letting these people in i just think that it's going to take time because people have to be trained and they have to be you know um educated or tra- uh, trained at drama school or you know um uh, taken through a sound technician course or doing an internship which wouldn't have been made um, viable un- unless you were kind of like from money you can't yeah. do free work, can you, unless you're from, from money, which a lot of that kind of stuff kind of starts as. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think I think both I think everybody should be able to say whatever they they, they want to say, to be honest. And I think yeah. um the Black Lives Matter movement in particular for me is is has been amazing. Um and it has been a great education, which is what I think is so important in any movement. I think um education at a kind of school level you know from kind of age five upwards being taught everybody's history properly on 360 degree and that's that includes the me too movement that includes the blm uh, movement you know the lgbt movement you have to teach people the truth and you have to let them choose what their bias are if they have any because I actually think that if you show people the whole truth of history and the whole truth of what's going on around them, I don't think that they end up being biased. I think it's oh, yeah, history. 
Yeah, I think it's history as it stands at the moment that makes people uh, makes people biased. You know, look at the oppression of women through the through the dawn of time. You know, um, yeah. uh, it, it makes you biased, um, and it makes you think they didn't write that behind the cover of a blow. They didn't do that, but actually yeah. they probably did. But that's the history that you're taught. You see what I mean? So yeah. Germany is amazing for that. You know, it's. Um, they, they, the way that they teach the history of kind of the atrocities that happened in their country, they do. Yeah. You can see all of it, and that they're, they're they're such a fantastic country. They don't. I know they've got a slightly problem with um, the far right coming up at the moment, but it's so com you don't ever worry about it. I mean, Merkel, she's amazing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's because she's given them the stealth of their history. She's given them it all. She hasn't yeah. hidden anything away. She hasn't. You know, yeah, it's. I just think education is everything, and I think that that's starting to happen. Uh, other people might disagree with me, but <laughs> no, absolutely. I think I think you're definitely right, and I yeah, I think the movement allows for, and also me too, allows for opposition because opposition was quite difficult before because uh, you know everyone's kind of quite ingrained yeah. in patriarchy and misogyny. So if you were the only individual to say, "I don't think this is right," that yeah, was very very tricky. Whereas yeah. now people are allowed to kind of say that and then people will stop and listen because they're like, oh, no, 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 because the BLM and, you know, and the Me Too movement, we have to listen to people now. That's so what I mean. Opposition, you know. That's what I mean, but there is still very much vibrant opposition, but yeah. you get to choose. It should be the individual's path. It shouldn't be, you know, um, the destiny of history shouldn't just be, you know, to a book that is written by who, what are their biases, you know, and especially with the expansion of like knowledge, you know, having bones. I don't think that people can hide this stuff anymore. We're yeah. so watched at all times and reported on, you know, through social media, through the news, you know, it's about time that we all knew what was going on. And I, and I think, I think that those movements have helped create that, which is, I mean, hats off to him. Hats yeah, it's off amazing. to him. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, bring in the Small Axe trailer now. Oh, amazing. Uh, so yeah, yeah. If, if, if Gemma is good to go, this is uh, Steve, Steve McQueen, mini TV series. These are new types of human beings. They are not demoralized or defeated persons. They are leaders, but are rooted deep among those they lead. We mustn't be victims, but protagonists of our stories. Don't you think it's time things were different? As individuals, we have an impossible battle. As a collective, we stand a chance. If you are the big tree, we are the small X, sharpen to cut you down. Oh my God, Jen. Oh my God. That's amazing. I can't believe it. We're going to London Film Festival on Wednesday, so I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh, geez. Killing me with all the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> but like Steve McQueen, he's like a, he's a legend. He's Yeah, I mean, really, really cool guy. Seriously yeah. cool guy. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's the most fantastic director I've ever worked with. 
Um, he sees, obviously he won the Turner Prize when he was 21 years old, so he sees everything as it is a canvas and his work is just incredible. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I've read some interviews with him where he really, he really just expects his actors, like they're artists in his, in his, like, you know, the way like some directors don't necessarily look at actors as artists. No. He does, he's like, well, you know, you have to bring it. And yeah, you do. And, you know, he doesn't do anything like marks or anything like that, like on the floor, the, the, the crew move around you. So it's really, it's very smooth, collaborative work. Um, but yeah, it was the most amazing job ever. It was, uh, it was awesome. It was such kind of uh, amazing things to be asked to come on, on board with. And um yeah, ferocious, violent, emotional, loving, funny. He just seems to get everything in. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, I didn't think they'd be able to make it funny, but he, he, he has, he has. So it's, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it was an amazing experience. Really, really, really so cool. <laughs> and, and you play Barbara Beast. Yeah, Barbara Beast, yeah, um, who was one of the political activists. And um, luckily for me, she's actually um, still alive today. So the two ladies, uh, myself and Letitia Wright, she plays Althea Jones. Um, uh, and they're both uh, both real ladies in real life, still, still, still alive. Everybody else, unfortunately, has died over the years. Um, but yeah, so, so they're still alive. So it was um, amazing to be able to... Um, play a, a real, real person and an activist, and yeah. you know, activism in those days was uh, a lot more kind of, you know, you had to print the leaflets and the pamphlets. You, everybody who was at that um, protest that day uh, mm -hmm. had been handed a leaflet or had heard about it word of mouth. I mean, it's incredible that they even raised kind of the crowds that they did, you know, without Facebook, without being sort of, without, yeah. you know. All mad, it was all done. It was all done by word of mouth. And what you find during the film is that it actually stops becoming about the um, the the movement of kind of the Black Panthers, and it becomes about the movement of um, the support of the poor, because the poor um, people of London were being brutalised, and um, it didn't matter what colour you were. Really, by the end, you kind of realised that uh, if you were poor, you were basically rubbished while you were you know, while you were in London you didn't stand the chance you know and and thus in other areas as well because he is going to move the films into and I read somewhere the other day that he's thinking about going up north and you know I think the possibilities with this kind of set of films is endless so yeah hope, hope he might come over to Ireland you never know great <laughs> right. well he did hunger yeah. he, he did hunger for us yeah 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 right. Yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. We love exactly. him. We absolutely love Stephen King. <laughs> He's I ours, do too. Okay? <laughs> we, we He's ours. Yeah. Well, the British press always, always claims Irish stars, so we're like, well, Stephen Queen's ours then. Yeah, you know? he's ours. I'm sure yeah. I'm really happy with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what was I going to say? Um, so it's about the, the, the mangrove march, isn't it? It's a, It was... Um, it, it, Social activists used to always go to the mangrove restaurant and hang out yeah. there, wasn't it? And then yeah. it was closed down or something by the police, and they went nuts. And that's yeah, it got it got kind of um, well, basically in the community at the time, um, it was the beginnings of kind of like stop and search. So um, young black men were being stopped and searched, and they didn't know their rights. So this mangrove restaurant 
Frank Richlow, who who opened it, he didn't want to politicise it at all. He kind of saw it as um, uh, a place where the black community could come and meet and have chats and um, eat food. That was his original idea with the place. But then because the police ended up raiding it about four, I think they raided about four times within the film i think it was something like 15 and it, like these people were just having their homes torn apart time after time after time and yeah. he just they just all had enough and uh, there was links to the black panther community through althea jones and and she kind of um brought that forward to frank and yeah so it's uh yeah it, that's how it kind of it started um they thought that they would do the kind of peaceful protest, and unfortunately, it ended in violence as much as these things uh, sure. tend to. Because the police at that time, as you'll see in the film, was kind of littered with um, like racists and you know homophobic people. You know, it, it, yeah, everything everything was in there. But I think he's kind of shown that really well in the film. To be honest, I think that you see. The differences in opinions as as because you've got to remember it's the 60s as well so you can see different people have got different views even within the police officers um so uh yeah it was a very 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 difficult time and um they 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 they, they fought and rightly so it was the first i think the first time that police brutality had been brought up in the media yeah. so but it's just crazy because you don't get taught about it at school this is what i was saying to you about the education thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It is. like like it is mad because i was even thinking like because i was like oh british black panthers it's like i've never really heard of british black i've heard yeah. of american black panthers yeah it's, it's, it's interesting why i haven't heard about black politicism in britain very much this is the thing and that was a real marking point if you were going to teach black history properly um then you you would use that as a marker this is the first time that um uh, two black people because two two of the mangrove actually self-represented in the court they have got the education for that there's this real kind of thing with the image of um the black man or woman at that time that they were uneducated but darkest how and althea jones um uh, represented themselves and these guys won in high court okay they won so the fact that we're not being taught about stuff like that is a little i find that a bit yeah. i don't like that it's really bad <laughs> but it's interesting because Steve, I was reading in the Guardian the other day, Steve McQueen's own father used to frequent um, the mangrove and yeah. he didn't even know the story. None, none of us knew the story, you see. Um, it was total education to all of us. And so I think that is just shocking, but also brilliant because we're bringing it forward now. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and perfect timing as well with yeah. BLM. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally, mate. <laughs> Couldn't be more perfect. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I had one quick question about that as well. Just, I, I yeah, saw she... pictures of, of Barbara Beast online and she was holding up like a pig's head when she was protesting. Yeah. Why, well, um, the, the, it, well, it's about, um, I, I think I'm going to say this, um, it's, about the, it's about the pigs, it's about them, it's about the filth, it's about the fibre, it's about the, the filthy Please pigs. pigs yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to decapitate the kind of the 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 awful pigs. Don't you need to get rid of them? Which is why she kind of um, carried carried the the pig's head. Oh, but it was a real one on set. Okay, deadly. <laughs> and everyone was there was a prosthetic one ready, yeah. but I wanted to hold the real one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it weighed an absolute ton. It weighed an absolute ton. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and did you, did you feel any pressure like playing a real person was there any any pressure oh i mean um, there's always a little bit of pressure playing a real person because you want yeah. to um make sure that you're representing them in, in the best way to your capabilities and um also the son and um, darkest darkest beast who is actually a baby in the um in the film uh uh, he, he's like um, a real person as well. <laughs> so you wanna, you, that's his mum at the end of the day, you know? But yeah. he's been amazing. He's been kind of sending us songs and things like that, that he remembers his mum and dad playing. And so it's all, you know, all the communication that you make beforehand, you just really want to make sure that you've done a good job by him. And I mean, I, I still don't know now. I, I've got, a, we're going to the screening on Wednesday. We'll just have to wait and see if they like it or not. Have a great time as well. That, that, that'd be amazing. Well, well, flipping done. It's going to oh, be, I, I, can't, I can't wait to see it. Um, <laughs> so, so then, the, then the next thing I'm, I'm moving on to now is Lisa McQueen in Line of Duty. Yes. Holy <laughs> so cool I love this and um, I just like uh, you know okay there's loads of spoiler alerts here so if you haven't seen it stop listening you should have done by now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but I mean it's so good because like when I was when, when I was watching it like I, I suppose maybe you can ex explain to people how you actually did this because it, I, I suppose it's a real actor thing but you just resonated like uh like like a bad childhood you know like could just oh, feel it like you. because like there was like even even as you were kind of poker face going into these you know meetings with all these kind of really bad guys yeah and and you know and, and you're talking to Stephen Graham so it just like was pain underneath the whole thing and a real heart you know and uh you, you didn't have to do it like you didn't you weren't doing anything but it was there and so just to talk us through that, how you did that yeah. as an actor. I mean, I thought, I thought at the time um, in the media, this whole, um, this is what I'm talking about life imitating art, this whole um, uh, thing, uh, the idea of um, crossing county lines, they call it, um, uh, was in the media a lot. It still is now, um, where they get, because um, my main kind of issue and uh, question for the part was, how is she where she is? How? Yeah. How could that even be possible? And so, um, as luck would have it, the media was really going in um, gung-ho with these um, county line kids. And what these county line kids do is that they come from somewhere like London or Manchester or where there's a port and they will travel the drugs. Uh, they'll move drugs or people or whatever um, across county lines where they're unknown. So. Um, you would maybe go from Manchester to um, kind of uh, uh, an unnamed kind of small village, sell your wares, and then you're out of there before anybody's even caught you. But if you do get caught and you're under the age of 17 and you've, say, got, for example, a, a rucksack full of cocaine or something like that, you would get maybe a third of the sentence than what you would get if you were over 18. So that's why they use really young children. So I think they, they even, they, they, they do a nod to it in Top Boy, actually, in the latest season of Top Boy. Mm -hmm. And there's something like a kind of 10 year old kid that's um, traveling guns to Manchester from London. 
Mm. And that's it's it's for that reason. And so that's that was all in the papers um, at the time and all over the, the media. And basically, I just latched on to that because I thought she's obviously from a broken home. She's made money like that. And now the addiction for her is money. It's, you know, there was one scene in there, I can't remember if it got cut or not, but she's kind of driving in her car and she's looking about at all these kind of, you know, drunks falling out of the pub. These, you know, there's a couple of kind of homeless people over the other side of the road. And she's looking at them and she's thinking, just as she's about to like turn everyone in, and she's thinking, I don't want to get rid of my life. This yeah. is my money, this is my, and if I have to earn it like this, I will. She's so kind of career hungry. She's one of them people that's, you know, slipped through the net, you know? Yeah. She'd have been just as, if she'd have had the right upbringing, she'd have just, she'd just have been a good uh, bank manager or, you know, yeah. um, she'd have risen to the top wherever she was. However, it just um, with circumstances um, that there were for her as a, as a young woman, uh, she didn't have a chance, she didn't stand a chance. And I think that she saw a lot of kind of violence and she was able to, she's one of these weird kind of anomalies where I think that she's able to watch severe violence mm. against women even um, and not do anything about it. Very lone wolf. You know, as long as she's all right. You could never imagine her having a relationship or anything like that, ever, yeah. ever. She's, you know, she's the make makeup her a mat, really. You know, but yeah, yeah. it's good. Right, <laughs> like I got all of that from it. Like it's, you know, it's all there and it's um, just so oh, impressive. Man. Like it's just amazing, Jen. So- And we shot it in Ireland. Huh? Yeah. We what? shot it in Ireland. We are over in Belfast. Yeah, in Belfast, that's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I only learned that the other day as well. I didn't. I didn't know that line of duty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're still they're up the road. It's crazy. Yeah. And Adrian Dunbar and all them—they're just—they're just brilliant. Like top notch, top notch. Yeah. And Adrian only lives around the corner from me in London. <laughs> Adrian, Adrian lives around the corner oh. from me in oh, London. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's lovely. I know. I know a lot of people who know him. I, I don't know him, but they're, they're always like oh, he, he is a very very nice day. man. Very, very nice man. It's lovely, lovely. They all are. They're, they're, they're a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful team of people that are so welcoming and their work is amazing. And, you know, as much as, you know, the glory of the kind of millions of viewers that they get, you know, they really built it out of absolutely nothing and they didn't have any budget at the beginning. It was all really, oh, and it's their baby. And it started yeah. on BBC Two, then went to BBC One and... You know, it's 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 such a lovely story. I'm so pleased yeah. to have even been able to go in for a series. You know, it's um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love stuff like that that's been like born and grown yeah, into. Yeah, it's like a little family that you're. Yeah, it's lovely. lovely. It's really, yeah, definitely. Really, really nice. Really, really nice. Um, I'm I'm just gonna show a trailer or or a, a, a scene from it there if Jenna's ready. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. There's a girl on the unit, Lisa McQueen. Lovely husband. Lovely kids. It's not the ways that you could lose them, Jane. As we both know. This is a complicated job. No disrespect. Money, power, respect. That's what I'm in this for. And I reckon you are too. Or we could just piss around all night playing games, Slayer. I've earned my place. 
I follow orders. That's the way you do business. I need to talk to him because this is business. Talk to me. Surveillance of Lisa McQueen, the female OCG nominal. Tommy got immunity, witness protection that works. We still got to him. That's what happens to her, You're a rat, John. A rat. Let's get this mess cleaned up before we trade the livestock. Great. I love that. Very sense. I love that shot when you like you have your man like you know cut his neck and he's bleeding and you're like, you're you're a rat. <laughs> so hard. And then you walk down the corridor and you're crying. It's just brilliant. Oh, thank you. I like so much. Thank you. Great TV. Uh, great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I'm like, I'm I'm gonna move on then um to theater. Um like a theater and um uh, TV stuff as well so so you've done loads uh, like just too many to mention um amazing credits so like Pomona is one at, at the National yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Manchester as well and then Gundog at the Royal Court yeah with the, the Playroom at the Young Vic and then Talking Heads by Alan Bennett yeah and um, we did that uh it's the one called Outside Dog at the Bridge Theatre so you did yeah. that initially I think on the stage and then you went on and you performed for BBC or was it the other way around? I did it the other way around actually so um, basically it was something that came out of um, uh, the lockdown kind of culture and I believe that Nick Heitner always um, kind of uh, has got first dibs on um, Alan's work so he was I guess looking for something to do and he made an agreement with the BBC and we, we, we he gave us a call and was like would you like to do this and um, I was like, absolutely, because yeah. <laughs> there was literally zero going on. Um, not that yeah. you need zero to go on to, to do to do Alan's work. I'd do it anytime. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, so he kind of said, "Would you come down?" And it's going to be quite tough. We're going to shoot it all in one day, um, uh, and we're going to do it on the East End set, <laughs> which I loved yeah. uh, spending the day on the East End set. Um, and yeah, and so the follow up was um, as theatres were. He, he, I think he's the first. I might be wrong in thinking that, but um, he, he wants to get his theatre open and he was like, this is the only way that we can do it, really. They can't really have crowds on stage at the moment. Um, so he was like, well, you come down and do it. But his theatre is so amazing for COVID. Um, I mean, they've got these big, huge body temperature cameras um, on you and you walk through as an audience member. You kind of segregated into your own bubbles so so you only sit with your family or whatever and you have staggered entrance times so um you come into the sit into the audience staggered time so you're not even in the foyer at the same time it's all right. table service yeah he's, he's figured it out um, yeah, and yeah he's, he's taken a massive kind of um chunk of the seats out so it used to be 950 it's down to 225 i believe because with the segregation and the two meet gap and everything like that I mean, it's taking a chance, it's taking a risk, but, and obviously everybody's masked. Um, it was brilliant to be part of um, the opening of theatre again. And I know it's only a little gesture as, at the moment, as most places are finding that they can only really do monologues at the moment, I think. Um, but it was really nice to be part of the opening of live, live venues again, because it's the saddest, Thing. I mean, the bridge is a beautiful theatre. It's so sad for it to be dark. Um, 
and as with all theatres, you know, it's, 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 it's the saddest thing. And a few of us have agreed to kind of do um, a small rendition of it um, in other theatres. So I'm going to get, I'm in Leeds on the 17th of November, I think, or somewhere around that time. And we're going to try and help them open theirs as well and their bunch of work. And I think, I feel like everybody's really like doing as much as they can to try and, yeah. to try and, get it open because I, I think the pantos just got cancelled as well didn't they so it's like monologues seem to be the only way forward yeah, at the yeah. moment yeah yeah but I, suppose, I suppose that's one of the good things about covid is the real community spirit has really come out you know and yeah trying to support each other as much as they can you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I think, like, if you look back to any time that there's ever been, like, an economic crash or anything like that, some of the most brilliant work gets created through that. Um, mm. You know, uh, like uh, Play for the Day, that happened during the 80s, kind of like Mind Strike and all that, where they were just putting on a small hour uh, every day for people to enjoy on the BBC. Um, little ideas like that, like, I think the monologue idea is, is very similar to that in the theatres. Um, you know, it's just a nice little ease in um, when there's not a lot of money around and there's not a lot of, um, you know, uh, people in work and the industry's kind of stopped. It's nice to just give a little flavour back, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's missing. Certainly it's missing. Definitely. And it's yeah. such a great story as well. Like the writing is amazing. Oh, Alan is and he's um, he's amazing. I mean, we never got to meet him because he's actually like, um, quite old okay. and so I don't think I think he's really isolating a lot but he wrote letters he wrote his cards on the first night he gave us his telephone number and um, he doesn't have a mobile so it's his home phone oh, nice. and you got it was so cool so <laughs> you got to ring him and his voice is so distinctive yeah. you know it's like hello love yeah. <laughs> but it's like it was amazing to speak to him and also to see his writing on a, his actual real writing on a piece of paper. Yeah, like not like it's a like, text. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But no, it's so cool. And um, it's nice to ramp it up and bring it into uh, a modern society's view of the ideas that come through in, 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 in that piece. Because obviously our... Um, um, our ideas on kind of mental health, mental well-being have massively changed since the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice to kind of like bring it to the bring it to the forefront, really, about um, being being not not well and being with somebody who's like really a horrible, horrible person and, and having obsessive compulsive uh, disorder, which I think mm. in the eighties and nineties you kind of thought that was to do with cleaning. But now the, yeah. the yeah now through the expansion of the of, of the knowledge, um, yeah. it's more about your obsessive thought process and about um, yeah you're trapped in your own head. So yeah, that's what I wanted to bring bring to it. Because it, yeah. it was it was so interesting because uh, you were doing so so Julie Walters did it back in yeah. I don't know when when it was so she yeah. did that same monologue for the BBC and yeah. then you and then you did it recently. It's so interesting to see them, but they're both flipping brilliant like you know uh, but it's just so interesting to see your uh you know you know the modern take on it and yeah your your rawness in it is amazing like you're just on the constantly because you know if people don't know it's basically just about a housewife and it's monologue mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's essentially quite theatrical so the director kind of allows you to do it in almost kind of lots of one takes there's a couple of 
mid shot. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah. so yeah, it's quite theatrical and uh, it, it, it's about your husband who is suspected serial killer, yeah. you know, rapist yeah. or whatever. So, um, and you're trying to kind of deny it, you know, like oh, yeah. this, and all, all the neighbors are on to you and kind of, you know, the police are around and stuff. And it's just your, your rawness throughout the whole thing. You're on the edge. And yet you're trying to kind of distract yourself with cleaning and, you know, yeah. giving out, like, keeping up with the Joneses and stuff. Yeah. It's really yeah. funny as well. Because when you go yeah. into those bits, it's hilarious. That's what I mean. He's so like, that is, well, that's, that's his skill is it's, it's so light and then so dark and then so, and I believe that he actually wrote that piece uh, and it was inspired by um, the Yorkshire Rippers wife yeah, okay. i think she was called sonia and she got a hell of a lot of grief from the press and because of course you know at, the, at that point in time in the 90s the press was so much more powerful and the paparazzi than, than what they are today because obviously the now they've been totally overruled by kind of social media and whatnot um but yeah so they really would be banging on the door they really would be kind of posting things through the letterbox they really would be ringing your phone off the hook all day and so it's yeah it's about that kind of um that madness creeping in you know and yeah. self-doubt and all that but no i loved it hardest thing i've ever done you know 14 pages yeah i think so. <laughs> one day too yeah, yeah. all in one day shoot we did a lot of it like you say in one take and then when you go on stage with it of course you don't get the edits yeah exactly <laughs> you can't one stop it and start the next <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, one moment i'll go back and do that again yeah yeah, yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> mate exactly but i know it was sensational regenda so like oh thank you so much it was brilliant um so we're we're, we're going to cue uh, a, a clip to that now in a second um, I don't know if we're going to go from the end scene, but the end scene, I love it anyway, but I'll come back to it in a second. <laughs> it's his tan slacks. All mucky. Plastered up with something. I sneaked in, got a bin bag, fetched them inside. Yeah, thinking back, the police had been round with the dog, but I suppose it couldn't smell anything except Tina. I just sit there staring at this bag wondering if there's somebody I should ring up. Suddenly there's banging at the door and a voice through the letterbox. Marjorie, Marjorie. I didn't listen. I just ran and put the bag in the cupboard under the stairs. More clattering at the door. Marjorie, Marjorie, the jury, the comeback, he's been acquitted, he's got it off. Can we have a picture? The young woman said, did I want any assistance with costume or styling? There'll be a lot of photographers there. I said, what's wrong with what I've got on? She said, I could arrange for somebody to come round and give you a shampoo and set. I said, yes, I could arrange for somebody to come round and give you a kick up the ass. I can't think of it, I couldn't actually. She said, the paper's got a lot of money invested in you. I said, well, that's your funeral. 
picture of him and the dog. Front page this morning. Dog licking his face, ears up, paws on his shoulder, loving every single minute of it. Stayed the night in a hotel. Five star. Paid for by the newspaper. Article. These nightmare months. I stood by him. Apparently. Says the longed-for reunion with his wife Marjorie is scheduled sometime this afternoon. Police furious. The inspector in charge of the investigation said, put it this way, we're not looking for anybody else. I sat waiting all afternoon. Photographers sat on the wall opposite and on chairs and on kitchen stools. Two of them on top of a car, one of them up a tree. Police keeping the crowds back. Getting dark when a big car draws up. Pandemonium. Policeman bangs on the door and Stuart stood there with all the photographers and them shouting, Stuart, Marjorie, over here, over here, please. They want a picture with us and the dog and the, the fella from the newspaper says no. They're going to be exclusive, apparently. That's me. <laughs> like, you know, when you go on at the end, they're like, um, you know, people, they got to watch this because it's it's phenomenal. Like just at the end, you just teeter onto this extreme kind of, you know, emotional. You're yeah. just about to, and you rein it in and you come back and, and, and you say, you know, about those trousers that you're going to put them under the, the yeah. kennel again and you know, the put the evidence away, basically. Yeah. It's incredible. Well, it's, but so that's fine. That's in part of, um, you know, um, obsessive thought process. You kind of obsessively think that that's your lot, you know, that that is what you deserve. And then, and that's, that's something that we know about mental health now that, um, that, that, we, that we didn't before. It's that, you know, you can be obsessive in your own life. You can be, it's, it's not just about kind of hoovering the carpet 27 times a day or as much as it is now, it's also the other as well. Um, yeah, uh, but it was amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I, I, I realise we're, we're way over time, so I'm, I'm going to skip a few questions, but I'm going to get on yeah. to some questions people have, have written in. So Patricia of Kelly course, um, from Manor Manor Films. Manor means women, by, by the way, in Irish, so it means women, women films. Um, oh, how that. would you describe the ideal actor-director relationship on a project? And can you give any examples of what directors should not do when <laughs> collaborating with actors? Well, I would say really even um, uh, nothing that I can say that they don't, that they shouldn't do, but I think that um, a really easy um, collaboration and um, uh, the, the knowledge of an actor, you know, for me, kind of um, giving giving secrets to actors, whispering in their ears, really, really works. I think not to keep the kind of, not to let your personal life intrude too much in, in into the work and, and and to be open that's that's really the best stuff that i've ever done when it feels like it's a team effort rather than a boss and a, an employee um yeah, yeah. it's about coming together definitely <laughs> yeah definitely um and then just the last question i'll just ask oh, you just about um uh, star wars you are in star wars i know for a brief 
mini second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. No, it was amazing. I thought that my part had been cut. Boo! Um, <laughs> you know, I was supposed to go out to because um, the thing is about Star Wars, they don't, they won't even tell your agent. So yeah. all the not negotiations, but anything to do with the name of the part, anything like that, the lines, um, they come through to you personally. So your agent doesn't, you, your, your agent doesn't know what was going on. And so I was under the impression that I was going to be flying out to Jordan and um, wearing this big fur coat and everything like this. Um, but then they said, oh, that's been cut. So I didn't think that I was going to be in it. And then they said, will you come to Pinewood? And um, just do this little part for us. And uh, I, I went, and it was great. Seeing the stormtroopers, JJ Abraham doing their thing. It was amazing. It was amazing. I didn't get to meet any of the stars, unfortunately. Um, but um, no, it was really cool. I mean, they actually build the ship. They build the yeah. ship. Well, you I mean, walk onto a ship. Oh, man, I love that. No. So it was so cool. And none of the costumes have buttons. So you are zipped in beyond an inch of your life. I was like, oh, and the stormtroopers can't go for a wee, apparently, once they've got it on. They do say that. Once they've got it on. They're so pissed off all the time. I know. They go to the toilet. They can't go to the toilet once they've got that stuff on. Daddy, oh man. Well, I'm so happy for you, Shen. And like, oh, thanks. Uh, you're, 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 you're just you're a powerhouse you know so um thank you so much no thanks for having me it's, it's so weird i'm kind of i'm proud of you it's like, it's weird, oh, like, no. like I, I feel like i you know you know just just because i knew you and rod i'm like that's for shem so no i know he's amazing i just you know i think you're amazing and uh, you're such a lovely person as well and so lovely to work with and you're just such a talent so uh, yeah, just thank you so much for, for being here. Can't say and when the planes start, again, who knows? We might do something together eventually. Yeah, one of these no, days. I love that. When we can see, when we can meet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, yeah. Or maybe just a pint. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Just a pint down yeah. the pub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking wine here tonight. It'd be nice, you know. We get. Yeah, no, I'm mine tonight. Yeah. Until the next time, thank you for listening. For more content, podcasts and information, please visit our website at wft.ie.